It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Welcome to the next instalment of Left of Field. Today I'm joined by West Coast Eagles captain Emma Swampson. Emma, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. I asked you when we picked up the phone what you're doing and you answered with at home like always, which is pretty true for all of us because we're locked up inside. How are you dealing with it all? It's a funny time at the moment, I think. Bit of a contrast. Like if I think back a couple of months ago, like I was probably at the footy club, probably six days out of seven. I was around like 30 of my best mates. Majority of the time we're living in each other's pockets travelling interstate to play footy and I guess my life had such a purpose and then in such a sort of short amount of time it's sort of all finished up and to a point got sort of taken away and I'm sure everyone's feeling the heat of it at the moment. Definitely. How are you keeping yourself busy? I am still working so I I work currently in HR for AIM, it's an Indigenous organisation and I'm lucky enough to still be working and work remotely and work from home so Like, I guess that's taking up sort of Monday to Friday and sort of your office hours during the day. And, like, I'm trying to keep fit and and exercise and sort of stay motivated and change my mindset to just enjoying this downtime. And as I said, sort of a couple of months ago, I was at the footy club most nights and um, around people all the time. So it is a bit of a difference, but at the same time, there's there's probably a little bit of silver lining there and, and it is nice to have that little mental break and it's sort of forced me to have some time off, which has been good. Yeah, a bit of a reset for everyone. Let's take it back to the beginning. How did you get involved in AFL? When did you first pick up a footy? Yeah, I was brought up in a family who live and breathe football. So I sort of had no choice. There's, I think there's a photo of me when I was about six weeks old, dressed up in an Eagles tracksuit and I had a little footy next to me. So even back then, it didn't matter that, that I was my dad's daughter. He had me dressed up in an Eagles tracky suit and took me to the footy and yeah, I guess I sort of had no choice. Dad was still playing when I was a little bit younger. So most of my weekends were down at the footy club watching him play and sit behind the goals. And he was a forward pocket. So he would snap the goals and I'd collect the footy and kick it back to him afterwards. So sort of like grew up with, with the sport. And um, I did play with the boys for a couple of years when I was younger until back then you'd get to an age where girls weren't allowed to play with the boys anymore. So that's sort of where I, I parted ways with football for a few years. And then, yeah, eventually found it again as I was a little bit older. So you were always a West Coast supporter? It was a bit of a dream come true to be able to play for them? Yeah, it's a bit funny. Yeah, so Dad's dad's mad Eagles. As a kid, before I sort of had a choice, I was dressed up in Eagles stuff. But I think what happens is if your parents tell you to go for someone, you tend to not go for them. So naturally, I didn't go for the Eagles because I was sort of told to go for the Eagles. So yeah, I was actually a Collingwood supporter growing up. No! I'm an Eagles supporter. And you saying that you jumped the bandwagon to Collingwood is just criminal in my books. Yeah, it's something I I keep it it pretty quiet. But it is a good story. I ended up finding my way back. And yeah, my dad and my uncle have a bit of a laugh now when they see me wear any Eagles kit around the house because... Yeah, 10 years ago, there's no way I'd be going anywhere near it. Would have been booing them at every chance. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's funny, I say to daddy, he always gets his way. So <laughs> we got there in the end. It is a sad thing for a lot of girls that they had to give up playing footy when they were younger just because there wasn't the avenues that there are now. What sports did you pick up? Did you find other sports that interest you? Yeah, I guess I did. I um I dabbled a little bit in, in some soccer and played a bit of t-ball and baseball and a bit of little athletics and eventually sort of found, picked up basketball and that's something that I took, I guess, quite seriously, like at the beginning of my teenage years and definitely something that 
I wanted to have a future in and a career in. But then in saying that, I mean, I'd rock up to basketball training and um, at the time I was training with the SBL team down in Rockingham and I'd rock up there with footy in my bag and for training instead of shooting free throws and doing layups like the rest of the girls, I was kicking a footy in the basketball hoop. So they, I guess the coaches saw through how much they thought that I wanted to play basketball and uh, when the football opportunity came up, it, it was a pretty easy decision to make. Yeah, how did you get to putting the footy boots back on? I had training with the SBL side and felt like I needed to get fit to crack into that team. And I'd been training with them for about 18 months and hadn't suited up to play a game yet. So a friend of mine, we were on the school bus on the way home, and she said to me that she had just started doing a, a football pre-season with Pill Thunder, the women's side down here. And she said, why don't you come along to pre-season? We'll get you nice and fit. I just sort of thought, look, I think the best thing for my basketball would be to go and do a football pre-season and come back to basketball in a couple of months' time and sort of have that base fitness and a little bit more endurance about me. I had every intention of going back to basketball. I just never did. I started football training and I've never looked back. Yeah, so you played for Peel. How was that experience? Yeah, it was great. They're fantastic footy club. It was sort of separate to back at the time. It's not anymore. It's it's in line with the Waffle men's Peel Thunder side, but um, at the time it was sort of a separate little entity off to the side and it was governed and run by some really great people who became really close family friends. My dad ended up coaching for about five years so that was interesting being able to play and, and have my dad as a coach. Definitely sort of those first couple of years playing the game that at the time there was no AFLW so that was the sort of highest level we can play and I really enjoyed it and sort of that's where I grew to love footy. Then you got drafted to GWS, how was that? Again, like fantastic experience and I'll be forever grateful to the Giants for giving me the opportunity to not just play football for such a good footy club, but I guess leave my, my home and something I would never have done without football being the vehicle to do so. I'm such a homebody and once I get comfortable, I'm hard to get me uncomfortable. It was just a great opportunity, something that I'm forever grateful for and to look back and spend three years over in Sydney and just the lifelong friends that I've made over there and just how much I grew as a person over there as well. Just such a special experience. Getting drafted to a footy club and being able to live out your dream must be pretty exciting. Do you remember where you were and who you were with when you found out that you were going over to Sydney? Yeah, it, my story came around a little bit different. I was signed as a marquee player to go to the, the Giants. So it was actually pre-draft. So the way that it sort of worked back in the inaugural year was it's based off the WNBA concept that they have over in America that each team can sort of sign a couple of players before the draft and it can be Australia-wide. So you sort of had free reign on on anyone in Australia you could pick from. And yeah, the Giants came to me with the opportunity and I probably had three or four weeks to think about it, which is lucky for me. I know that some of the boys get drafted and they're on the plane the next morning to head over. So I was a little bit lucky, I guess, in in sense that I actually had the choice. And yeah, it was too good of an opportunity to turn down and sort of spoke about it with my family. And and if anything, they sort of kicked me out and told me that I had to go. So yeah, it was pretty special, but a little bit of a different story, I guess, to the traditional draft story. Obviously, you went over to GWS and you were a standout player for them. You're hardworking and, you know, became their vice captain. What was the moment that you knew that you were good enough to star in every game? That's been a bit of a growth and a bit of journey for me. Probably in the first year, uh, it was such an unknown. No one really knew what the standard of the competition was going to be. And if anything, I kind of found comfort in that. And with, with the unknown came, you just sort of took confidence off the back of the last season you'd played, which... For me, it was a waffle W season over here for East Rio and I'd had a fairly consistent season and we played in the grand final that year. So 
yeah, I was, I was sort of full of confidence and I think having the AFLW and it being such an unknown, as I said, the standard and, and who you're playing against, you sort of didn't know the other girls. It was easy to sort of take that confidence into that first year and I guess a couple of years following the first year, I'd, I've probably run with injuries for four years. So I have had my fair share of, I guess, demons, I call them. I guess the little thoughts that challenge you along the way and want to tell you that you can't do it, you're not good enough. And it's just, I guess, a, a bit of a mindset and a bit of resilient confidence to just back yourself in. You had to overcome a shoulder injury, which you did in round two of your last year at GWS. How was that? Can you talk us through that injury? When did you know that you'd really stuffed yourself up there? I looked back and I knew straight away that something wasn't right and I, I remember the incident quite vividly and straight away I knew knew that something was wrong but I think what happened like adrenaline sort of started to kick in and, and I sort of got up off the ground and I was like oh I've just made a scene and the physio and the doctor's out here but I think I'm okay to play on and they took me to the bench and I guess as the adrenaline started to wear off and I couldn't lift my arm above my head I, I knew that that something wasn't right and it's funny I, I sort of trained all week that week and we uh, we got a scan on it I'd ruptured a ligament in my shoulder so we thought that we could strap it up and and I could train and and I did and the whole week I knew that it wasn't right and I I sort of got to the Friday girls were flying out to play Collingwood that weekend and sort of knew deep down that I wasn't going to play again for that season and and to be honest like I knew I wasn't going to play for that football club again and it was a really tough couple of months for me I love that footy club so much and I still do and as I said I'm forever grateful for the opportunity to play for them and it was a really tough time for that last sort of six seven rounds of football that the girls were out there playing and not only I couldn't play because I just had a shoulder reconstruction and I was out of the game for 12 months but I knew deep down that that I was going to head home and play for the Eagles the following year and yeah it was really challenging and I guess something that helped me grow as a person and yeah I guess challenged me and hopefully I've come out the other side a bit more resilient and can deal with adversity. So you mentioned you heading into that last season you already knew that you were going to leave and play for the Eagles. How did that opportunity come about? The Eagles were obviously given an an expansion license last year so everyone knew that the Eagles were going to get a team in the competition in 2020 along with three other expansion teams and like all good footy clubs like Eagles had started doing their list build couple of years in advance they weren't actually allowed to approach any players so I hadn't actually been approached by the Eagles but I knew that the opportunity would present itself if I was playing good footy and I probably played round one and and had a probably my best game and then got injured in round two and there were doubts in my mind after the injury whether or not Eagles would want me and I'd had a couple of injuries over the previous season so I was sort of a little bit skeptical that Eagles might not want someone who has been so prone to injury so there was elements of me throughout that time that, that sort of challenged myself and, and didn't know where I'd play or what I'd do. But yeah, I think reflecting back on it deep down, as soon as Eagles got a license and were coming into the competition, it was essentially my ticket home. And um, to be able to share such a special time of my playing career and my life um, with my family close by, which which obviously meant a lot to me. Yeah, you mentioned about you got a greater perspective during that time. Did you learn to not tie, when you're injured, your identity to being a footballer? Yeah, absolutely. That's probably the number one thing. I've spoken about it before a couple of times with a few of the younger girls who have been injured and probably pre-shoulder injury. I Yeah, football was everything for me and I probably saw myself only as a footballer. And yeah, definitely tied tied my whole identity to, to being a footballer and it was really hard for me back then to think of anything or think of myself in any other way and if you had have asked me probably two years ago what I would do 
post career or I would have laughed at you and said I'm, I'm going to play footy forever so I was quite naive I guess and, and definitely did tie my identity to to the game of football and silver lining of sort of dealing with such a horrific injury is yeah that exactly what you said perspective and and you really learn not to tie your identity to football and it not only makes you a better footballer when you do have more of a lifestyle balance and a mental balance, but it also makes you a better person around the footy club. And I found particularly this year, um, I don't have as many emotional responses and sort of a lot more balance in the way that I approach the game. And I can have a laugh and enjoy my time a lot more. And it really is just sort of a game of football for me. And it's something that like I value a lot and it's really special for me. But at the end of the day, it, it is a game of football. And I know it's probably only going to last for the next five or six years and and then my life moves on. So who is Emma Swanson without AFL? Yeah, I think um, it's funny. This time of the year when we've just spent, I guess, six months, as I said, living in each other's pockets and, and a lot of time at the footy club, I actually quite enjoy not having football and being able to sort of reconnect with things that I like to do and I what love do you like fishing. Doing? Yeah, I love fishing and I've got my own boat so that's probably my passion outside of outside of footy and anything to do with the ocean whether it's surfing or just walking on the beach and I really love getting down to the water and whether it's sitting there watching the sunset or or out in the boat all things I really like doing so it is really good at this time of the year to sort of reconnect with that. I like going camping and getting away and that's something that's hard to do when you're playing footy so yeah something that I guess in the off season that I can enjoy and reconnect with and definitely gives you a bit of perspective when I head back into pre-season next year. Yeah so you came over to back to Perth and you played for the Eagles last year you were the captain what was it like joining another foundation club was it challenging? I'll be completely honest it was probably the one thing that was playing in my mind when I was sort of making a decision of to come home and I think deep down inside I knew that I was coming home but it was definitely something that that was sort of pulling me the other way and I remember that first year at the Giants and it was so so challenging and I guess no one sort of knew what was going on or what to expect and it was really hard to bring that group of girls together but I think to be honest the Eagles had three years to prepare for their first year and they're such a great football club with such great people sort of running the program that they did everything they could to make sure that we sort of didn't have any of those teething problems and we got through most of the season and we didn't have any of those problems and the club was prepared to have a women's team they were prepared to have 30 girls who all have jobs outside of football train and play and travel and they supported everyone in their lives away from the game and yeah I think they were really well prepared so I guess joining the foundation team the second time around wasn't as hard as what it was the first time. There was still some definitely some little things that came up in the first year that aren't going to come up in the second year, but there'll probably be things that come up in the second year that won't come up in the third year. So we'll continue to get better as a footy club, but it was certainly a lot easier the second time around. How do you create a culture? Do you take the girls out on the boat or what do you do to create a culture at a club? Yeah, I um, I, I actually did take two of the girls out on the boat, so that was a little bit exciting, especially some of the girls who have come across from Melbourne and the WA lifestyle sort of sells itself a little bit and they haven't grown up the same way that we have over here. So they're pretty excited to get out and um, took them crabbing actually, so that was quite enjoyable. But I've always been a massive advocate of letting the culture unfold organically and there's an element of that that takes more than a year and I guess we've been together as a full team for just over six months, so we're still quite fresh and if we're going to let this culture happen organically it's going to take two or three years and and I think it's something that we all need to buy into and there's also elements of it that we have to fast track in terms of of playing the game and creating culture that's just going to stand up for for our eight games of footy that we played this year so it is a bit of an interesting one we tried to do as many team bonding sort of things as we could in the pre-season but at the same time sort of 
balance that out because we are spending so much time together at the footy club and girls have partners and kids and families away from the game as well. It was challenging on the field for the club. You only won one game and struggled to get on the scoreboard, but you did have a lot of young players who really carried the team. Who was a standout for you? Who did you really enjoy playing with? Yeah, look, I think you can't you can't not answer hooks, um, Dana, to that to that question. I think I was really excited when they announced that they were signing her as well, and uh, we'd played a little bit of footy together at Melbourne in 2013, 2014, 2015. And we'd played against each other a lot. So it was really enjoyable to finally suit up in the same colours with her for a sort of extended period of time. So that was great. Michaela Bowen's another one. She's a young 18-year-old girl in her first year of AFLW this year. And she comes in, she's got a huge work ethic and she loves the game and she takes it seriously and puts her best foot forward always. And I really enjoy playing with girls like that, especially as an 18-year-old. It certainly drives me as a 25-year-old because too many Michaela Bowen's and I don't think I'd be playing I wouldn't get a game. So it's always enjoyable to play with those type of players. What type of player are you on the field? What do you like to pride yourself on? I think probably the thing that I go out each week to do is just just be tough and I sort of say I'm, I'm not really a pretty footballer and I generally like to get my hands dirty and yeah spend a lot of my time at the bottom of a pack with that obviously comes injuries and I've discovered that over the last four years and it's a lot harder to keep your body together for a long period of time so I don't know how long I'll be able to play like that for but definitely something that I've sort of done for the last 10 years of playing footy and it's probably been my strength since I started the game is just I do play tough and I think that's because I've got a a brother who's quite strong and he used to belt me out the back (laughs) when we were playing one-on-one so yeah I think that he's probably trained that into me but I think that I also probably in the last sort of two years have relied a lot on sort of the education of the game and I've learned a lot more about the game sort of theoretically uh, which I think has helped me on the field as well. How have you seen AFLW evolve over your time in the game? Have you seen it become a lot grittier and tougher out there on the field? Absolutely. Probably the one thing that I think speaks estimate by the games come is just the players as athletes. But if I sort of look back to myself four years ago, sort of hopped off the plane in Sydney and went straight to the footy club and I'd never set foot in a gym before. So I'd never lifted any kind of weight. I'd never done any prehab, didn't know bands were used for or ACL prevention, never done any of that. So sort of fast track four years and yeah, I I feel a lot more like an athlete. And I think you can see just the girls who have now been in the system for four years, they're not just like, they don't lift more weight and sort of train harder and better, but they look stronger as well and everyone's body shape starting to change and what their output is has changed as well and I've definitely found that with myself fitness levels have gone up and maintained over a longer period of time whereas before like I'd sort of be struggling to keep the running up and I think just the players as athletes once they're in the system evolve and in turn that sort of reflect in the game that we play on the weekends. Do you hope in the future that there is an opportunity for women to take it to the next level and be AFL players full-time. How do you find balancing two different jobs, basically? I guess off the back of your last question, if if we're talking standard of the game, we can see the standard of the game for the last four years and how much that's improved. And I can tell you right now, there's girls who wake up at 6 o'clock, they're electricians, they're chippies, or they do some sort of landscaping trade. So they're on the tools all day for 12 hours and they rock in at training and they put together four and a half hours of training at the footy club and they do that four nights a week. So maybe the next step is that we balance our training and work and we only have to work part-time and we can train a little bit more, and which in turn then means a little bit more recovery and a little bit more prehab and a little bit more time to 
get our washing done and, and meal prep so our bodies are ready to go for the next training session. I think that will also increase the standard and I've got no doubt that over the next 10 years we're going to get to a point where the game's going to sort of be able to give us back and invest in us as players and I guess yeah be full-time athletes I'm sure it'll be past my time by then but for the young Michaela Bowens of the world who's 18 and played her first year of AFLW I've got no doubt that she's going to get an opportunity to be a full-time athlete at some stage in her career. You're also quite vocal on fixing the pay gap between men and women's players why are you so passionate about that? Yeah, I, I think for me, it's not necessarily about the pay gap as such in, in terms of a number figure, but um, it's more just the opportunity. And I think we're, I don't know how many players, maybe 400 AFLW players, um, maybe just under that competition. And out of all those girls, this isn't an exact stat, but like taking an educated guess, I think 90% of those players would quit their jobs tomorrow for anywhere between sixty and $90,000 a year. So I guess for me, it's not necessarily about being vocal and trying to get the same paycheck as the Dustin Martin or some of the other boys, Luke Shuey. But yeah, definitely just giving us the opportunity that, that we can sort of give away our other jobs and put the limited amount of time that we have at the elite level and put all of our focus into that. And I think that that would in turn then, as I said before, sort of lift the standard of the game a little bit and make us better athletes again. Sort of welfare-wise, I think I can see a lot of benefits in that because at the moment I, I don't find the format that we're playing at the moment quite sustainable. So as the season starts to get longer, something's going to have to change because while it's an eight-week season, I, I can balance a full-time job with eight weeks, but by the end of the eight weeks, to be honest, pretty cooked. So <laughs> as the season starts to expand and start playing finals and pre-season gets longer, there's definitely going to have to be some sort of shift in, in the way that it's structured. And yeah, I'd love to see the opportunity for all of us to be able to be paid enough that we can pay our bills and set ourselves up somewhat financially and then apply ourselves full-time to the game that we love. Obviously, the future of the game is up in the air at the moment with all this COVID-19. What do you think believe the future of AFLW will look like next season? It's really hard to say and to be honest I don't know a hell of a lot but I do definitely do stand by the AFL and all the hard work they've put in over the last 10 years to get this competition to where it is four years in. I've got no doubt they're going to do everything they can to make sure that we've got 14 teams playing in an AFLW competition next year and whether that's in January, February, March or if it's later on in the year or at the end of the following year I don't know the answer to that and I don't actually think the AFL knows the answer to that but I stick by them and and trust the work that they've already done and I guess have faith that they're going to put everything they can into making sure that we do have a competition. You've mentioned a few times getting a better perspective of the game and looking to the future what does your future look like post AFL? At the moment so I'm working in HR for an Indigenous mentoring organization and fantastic for me to have something that's completely non-football sort of take up my days and I can walk into a meeting or be on a phone call with someone that I work with over east and they've got no idea that I play football on the weekend so to them I'm just the HR manager and they sort of don't really care and, and I quite like that and it's quite refreshing but no doubt when I finish playing the game I'm going to want some sort of role in the game and sort of really take a liking to the player development and welfare sort of area so I guess over the next couple of years I'm going to start looking into yeah what courses and an experience I can get towards the back end of my playing career that's going to help me sort of take on a role hopefully in that space when I finish playing and yeah hopefully be around the game when it does go full-time and help out the girls who are young at the moment so the Michaela Bollins of the world and when they're my age 
be able to sit down and talk to them as a as a player development manager and yeah I guess help them out and, and have some impact on on the club culture that we've built from the start this year. You're definitely going to inspire a few more girls to pick up a footy that's for sure. Who's inspired you along the way? Who do you look up to? To be honest, I think at the very start when I was playing the game, Lauren Stammers was one who quite well known in WA and was a fantastic footballer and I just loved playing against her and she played for a different club obviously and I was lucky enough to play in the state team with her once or twice. The way that sort of she read the game and knew a lot about the game and trained hard and she was nice and physical to play on so she was one that definitely when I was younger I looked up to and yeah, really enjoyed playing against her. What some words that you like to live by and maybe the listeners can too, especially in these troubling times? I probably don't have one that's relevant to my whole life, but I know that lately, especially in the last two months, I've just been saying to myself, be where your feet are. I tend to be someone who waits around for things or, or will look forward to things and always looking forward to the future or sort of wishing the time away a little bit. So I've sort of been saying to myself, be where your feet are and especially these times in isolation and sort of easy to get caught up in saying to yourself, you know, I can't wait until this is finished. I can't wait until this or I can't wait until that. But I think I just remind myself to be where my feet are and my feet are right here at the moment. So enjoy it for what it is and especially at the moment taking these times because when everything sort of goes back to somewhat normal, I'm probably going to wish that I was in my PJ pants all day in my Ugg boots and, and working mm-hmm. at home. Well, now that the restrictions are lifted, you can get back out on the boat and that can kind of level you out a bit. And hopefully we'll see you back playing footy again next season for the Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. I think definitely going to head out fishing this weekend if we get some nice weather. Well, thank you for chatting to me today. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to episode five of Left of Field. I will be back again next week with a whole fresh new episode, so stay tuned. But if you've missed any of my previous episodes, why not go back and give them a listen until then? I promise you they are just as good. Thank you and have a great week.